the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Today, we're going to look at Purim. Yes, the holiday of Purim from the book of Esther. We realize that there are many things we can learn from that story, both practically and prophetically. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. Lord, we continue to pray for your revival. And Lord... Salvation looks different for different people, some for a spiritual salvation, some for physical salvation. And in the book of Esther, you saved your Jewish people. So I ask, O oh Lord, that you would help us to see not only the, the, the beauty of the story, but also the things you want us to learn so that we can glorify you in everything we do. We bless you, we honor you, and we praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. Well, just a few uh, thoughts before we begin. You know, Passover is coming up soon. It's the busiest time of the year because of all the Passover seders. Are you interested? Your church, your Bible study? We can teach you how to do a home seder. Would you like us, uh, you know... It's great for Christians. It's great for Jewish people who don't know the Lord. It's great for every one of us. Passover will strengthen your faith as you witness the faithfulness of God. So call us for information. We can help you. 813-831-5673. That's our office. Or you can email me direct at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. And I make each year a 50-day devotional called Counting the Omer. Uh, it's based off of Leviticus 23, the fact that we count the Omer. And if you'd like the actual book, you can sign up. And when it's finished, hopefully it'll be fairly soon, uh, we'll send it out to you. It'll also be available on our website and other places digitally. Uh, you know, we uh, begin a day after Passover. We end at Shavuot, which is uh, Pentecost. So if you'd like a book or 10 or 50 to give out, they're $3 each. But if you can't afford that, we'd be happy to give it to you for less or free. Uh, we just want you to have them so that you can celebrate this incredible um, appointed time. It's called the Moedim, an appointed time. As most of you know, if, if you need information or want uh, 
to help support our radio ministry, you call Karen at 813-831-5673. You can also go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. Don't forget to visit us on Shabbat, Friday night or Saturday. You can do it through Facebook or you can do it live and in person. And bring friends, uh, bring those who don't know the Lord, especially Jewish friends. Amen. We have four congregations. One of them is in Spanish. So check us out on our website, shereshdavid.org. And let's begin with a scripture today. Matthew 5.10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, I use this these verses as an introduction because Jewish people throughout history have gone through persecution. Now it's a little time for Christians to also go through some, not a whole lot, but uh, certainly more than they're used to. Um, When you carry the truth with you and desire to live it, persecution follows. Are you going to learn to rejoice in the persecution or be bitter? Rejoice means to go forward Focus on solutions, not on the problems, and do it with joy. The story of Purim from the book of Esther is all about being under persecution and not allowing it to bring you down physically or emotionally. Second Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Messiah Yeshua will suffer persecution. Matthew 24, 9, you'll be hated by all the nations because of my name, and then many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Look, as a disciple of Yeshua, we're going to see these things happening, but we've got to continue to rejoice in the Lord and focus on him. Otherwise, we'll be one of those who will fall away and betray. So let's look at Purim. See what God wants us to learn. Purim is all about salvation, salvation of the Jewish people, but physically. Purim is named because of the word poor, the lot against the Jews by Haman, the villain of the story. Uh, One of the customs is the reading of the Purim story from a scroll of Esther called the Megillah. And uh, Haman's, when Haman's name is mentioned, usually there are groggers or noisemakers are used and people boo. You'll have to do that at home if you'd like. <laughs> Every time I mention his name. The time uh, of Purim is between uh, the time of the two temples, approximately 350 years before Yeshua. And uh, the Persian king Cyrus Uh, The first gave permission to the Jews to return to Israel, rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. But not all left. And after Cyrus died, Ahasuerus, in a dramatic power struggle, took over the kingdom. He was cruel. He took for his wife Vashti, the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar, 
the former king of Babylon. It was he, Nebuchadnezzar, who was responsible for the destruction of the temple and the exile of the Jews from their land. So, in the beginning of this story, uh, King Ahasuerus, uh, he um, put together a party, a six-month celebration in his third year, and Queen Vashti refused the king's request to display her beauty to the assembled guests. So the king's advisors counseled that Vashti must go. (laughs) They need to find a new queen. So across the Persian Empire, they identified beautiful candidates, and a Jewish girl, Esther, the niece of Mordecai, is brought to the capital of Persia as one of those candidates. Mordecai's, um, which, as I mentioned, Esther's uncle, tells her to hide her Jewish identity. So for six months, she gets these beauty treatments along with all the con- other contestants, and Esther is ends up to be chosen for the queen. Now, Mordecai learns of a plot to overthrow the king. He informs Esther. Esther tells the king, and the plotters are hanged. Ahasuerus appoints Haman, boo, right, <laughs> to be his prime minister. All bow in homage to Haman, except Mordecai. Haman vows to kill all the Jews of Persia because Mordecai wouldn't bow down. So Haman asks permission of the king to destroy all the Jews. And so he gets a royal edict, the 13th of Adar, date to kill all Jews and take their possessions. Mordecai tears his clothes and puts on sackcloth and ashes as a sign of public mourning. Mordecai sends a copy of the decree to Esther and asks her to intercede with the king. Esther replies that to approach the king without being summoned is to risk death. Mordecai tells her that she has no choice. In verse uh, chapter 4, verse 13, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther with this answer. Do not think in your soul that you will escape in the king's household more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have attained royal status for such a a time as this. In verse 15, Esther sent a reply to Mordecai, Go! Gather together all the Jews who are in Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the the same fast in the same way. Afterwards, I'll go into the king, even though it is not according to the law. So if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai left and did all that Esther commanded him. So there is power in making yourself a sacrifice. Mordecai has no problem following someone, even his niece, because she is willing to die. So Esther tells Mordecai to ask the Jews to fast and pray. And, uh, you know, God is not mentioned in, in the entire book of Esther. Prayer is not mentioned in the entire book of Esther. It's thought that the reason was because of the oppression of the time. So God and prayer, not mentioned, but they're all throughout this story. 
So later on, we find that uh, King Ahasuerus receives Esther and grants her virtually any request. Esther's request, uh, let's have a banquet. So after the banquet, Haman sees Mordecai, who once again refuses the bow. When Zeresh, which is Haman's wife, suggests that Mordecai be hanged, there are gallows prepared. The king one night can't sleep. He asks to be uh, to hear the royal chronicles, and he remembers from this that there was an assassination plot that Mordecai had revealed, but nobody gave him any uh, any you know any anything for doing that. So Haman comes to see the king about hanging Mordecai the next day, but Haman. Before Haman can speak, the king tells Haman to honor Mordecai by dressing him in royal garments, place him on a royal stallion, and personally lead him through the streets of Shushan, capital of Persia. So this is the reward that he gets. Obviously, Mordecai is livid. Now, Esther has a plan, invites Haman and the king to the second banquet, At the second one, she reveals her identity, announces that she and her people are about to be murdered. Esther identifies Haman as her archenemy who has caused all this problem. And the king has Haman hung on the gallows that was prepared for Mordecai. So we find out towards the end of this chapter that Mordecai is named prime minister to replace Haman. A second royal edict empowers the Jews to fight and kill anyone who would try and harm them. And the day that was designated for their destruction was their victory over their enemies. And the ten sons of Haman, they also were hung. And the 14th and the 15th of Adar was designated to celebrate the salvation of the Jewish people. These are the days of Purim. And Mordecai initiates the Purim practices consisting of a festive meal, exchange of gifts of food, and the giving of money to the poor. So this is how they rejoiced God's salvation. Fellowship, gifts of food, and money to the poor. You know, in Romans 8.28, it says, And we know all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And certainly we see that that, you know, the, the Jews were called to his purpose, and, and at the last minute, uh, God rescued them. So the story of Esther is about a king who wants to deploy display the glory of his bride. She's the crown jewel of his kingdom. So does that sound familiar? This book really shadows the things to come. Yeshua is calling her bride, uh, his bride, I'm sorry, Yeshua is calling his bride to display her beauty to the world, right? The body of believers, we are to display the beauty of being a believer to the world. So Yeshua is going to return for a beautiful bride. God uses Esther for two major purposes. First, she saves the Jewish people from destruction. And second, she's likened to the body of Messiah, who has a role in the salvation of people. 
So let's look at Esther's character, because that has a lot to do with, you know, what uh, happened. Esther found favor with Hegai. Now, Hegai was the guardian of the women. They were preparing for the, um, you know, for the king for six months, and he was in charge of all these women. And uh, But Esther was humble and teachable. And following Mordecai's command not to disclose, disclose that she was Jewish. Now, when it was her turn to be presented before the king, she took Haggai's advice. Rather than asking for her own desires, this was another example of humility and a teachable spirit. Esther's humble character gave her favor with everyone she met. It said that in Esther two fifteen through 17. She had other excellent qualities, too. Esther, um, she declared a fast, asking Mordecai to do the same, and declares that after three days of fasting, she would go to the king, even if it cost her life. So she was bold, she was strong, she was courageous, yet understood her need that she would just have to trust God. Esther was chosen by God to save the Jewish people, a role that would normally go to a man, right? But Mordecai encouraged her in this role. She was open to be used by God and was part of his plan to keep the Jewish people as a nation before him forever. So we, as the body of Messiah, are to have a similar character and purpose as Esther. God's called us, as unlikely as it might seem, he's called you and me to prepare the way for King Messiah's return. And we will receive favor from God and man as we display his character of love, right? In Romans 11.11, God states that Christians should provoke Jews to jealousy with the good news of Messiah. So like Esther, God wants to use us, the body of Messiah, to help save the Jewish people. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the good news, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who trusts, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we see also in John 17, Uh, that Yeshua prays that we would be in unity, true unity between Jewish people and non-Jews. This unity would be a key for the world to know that the Father has sent Yeshua, his Son. I believe that God wants us as the body of Messiah, both men and women, to listen to his calling and respond. As we consider our roles in ministry, we should encourage one another to find our true identity purpose, and calling in the Lord. Will we be, well, will you be like Vashti and decide you don't want to display your beauty? Or will you be like Esther, submissive, humble, and purified? King Vash, uh, Queen Vashti refused to go to the king, disobeyed the king. He was a ba- she was a bad example to others in the kingdom. Women might make a habit of disobeying, following the queen, right? Vashti would have to give her royal position to another more worthy, one who would obey, one who would honor the king, and so one who would bring glory to the king and the kingdom. She had everything but lost it because she did not respect the king's authority. 
Maybe she didn't like his parties, his drinking. Maybe he didn't allow her to feel loved. Her feelings were hurt, so she felt it was okay to disobey. Like Vashti, we have been put in a high position by God, and yet there are many reasons we give, sometimes for our poor behavior. Well, you know, we've got to realize that just like Esther was in a beauty treatment, actually for a year, um, so that she could be prepared to go to the king, um, all blemishes and stains removed, that's the way we go to the Lord as well. Ephesians 5.25 brings this out when talking about husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Messiah also loved the body of believers and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious body of believers, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Mordecai raised Esther, his his uncle's daughter, probably a large difference in age, but Esther, um, you know, but Mordecai followed Esther. Uh, you know, Esther was obedient to Mordecai, and Mordecai was obedient to Esther. And really, that's the way a relationship should be. We should respect one another and, and, and love one another and, and listen to one another. And so uh, we see here, as, as we look at this, this wonderful story uh, in the book of Esther, that Esther had a heart of humility purity, and we see that submission wins in the end. Look, when you are a disciple, being a Talmudim, a disciple of Yeshua, it requires that same humility. It requires purity. It requires submission. So as we uh, think of this and realize that not only are there character areas that we learn, about, but there's also the prophetic that we, this is an example of the body of believers. And we, when we do our right job right, we will see many people saved. And just as Esther saw the Jewish people saved physically, we're going to see the Jewish people saved spiritually. Well, Time's up, but let me just mention, Passover is coming up really soon. And I'd love for you to learn how to do a Passover Seder or come to our Seders. Uh, They're going to be home Seders this year. They're going to be at different places around the city and, and, and different counties. So, uh, but we'd love to teach your church or your Bible study. We'd love to go there and talk about Passover. It is an amazing time in the Lord. So this, you know, we'd like to uh, have you call us. Uh, As I said, it's great for Christians. It's great for pre-believing Jews. Call us at 813-831-5673 or email 
me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Also sign up for the devotional book called Counting the Omer. It's a new book. It's going to be a, a, a devotional about revival. So I'm looking forward to finishing that up. And certainly, if you feel this program's valuable to you, we would really be blessed by your financial support, which helps us stay on the radio. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for, as we get into the spring feasts, and we start with this holiday of Purim, we pray that people will truly be blessed by your word and what you have done in our hearts. So may, the, may you, Lord, be our first priority, and may we grow in our desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.